Hello, everybody, and thank you, Janet Lee. Those are the songs that will be around forever, and I sure do remember them, and they have a place in my heart. And thank you for the style that you use. And ladies and gentlemen, here we are, and it's an exciting time to be alive. We um, are going to be today back into the Seven Thunders Speaks book, Manifest Chronicles Before Genesis, and it's going to be very, very interesting. I'm going to do quite a bit of uh, reading out of it and commenting as I read. And w there's a few little things uh, I might cover before we get started. But the, uh, the message title today is Passage, Passage Through the Needle's Eye. There's a passageway through the needle's eye. Jesus was explaining to his disciples when Jesus said people that are so full of themselves either by thoughts that they have about themselves or by riches that they have uh, made the first place in their life and he said, uh, it's very difficult for those people to make it into the kingdom. And the disciples said, well, Lord, if that's true, then how can anybody get saved? And Jesus said, well, there are things that are impossible for man. But with God, nothing is impossible. With God, even a, cam a camel can pass through a needle's eye. So there's a very special passageway, something that seems impossible to humans. But when it comes to God, it's not impossible. And when God is doing it, it's not really even a miracle. It's just an action that he has the choice to use. So it's a wonderful thing. The Bible says if all of the things were written that should be written, if all the things were written that should be written, I suppose that not even the world would be able to contain it or that not even the world would be able to comprehend it. And we, we get sketches of the, of the far beyond in the Bible. In scriptures like Revelations twelve nineteen, you heavens... And you that dwell in them. It's sort of like a scripture saying, Hello out there. Hello to you heavens. Not just heaven, but heavens. Hello to you heavens. And a hello to you that dwell in them. We're not just talking one place. We're talking more than one place. That there are dwellings in the heavens. Hello out there. Those are such beautiful things. And then the fabulous scripture in numbers 24:17 a star shall rise out of jacob you know <clears throat> the word star in the bible has many different meanings but here's a star that's going to rise out of of a person by the name of jacob and of course it's referring to a particular person and in this in this case it's referring to jesus christ but the whole idea of this star rising out of Jacob shows that 
the star has, in a certain form, become embedded in the the line of of of, dis, of descendancy, the the genome of Jacob, and that there is a characteristic of abiding there, and then there is the characteristic when there is a destiny and there is a call, and when that call comes to the forefront, and a person then rises out of the genome of their physical characteristics. And that is a beautiful thing when that star rises. And the Bible says that in Daniel 12:3, that the wise shall shine as the firmament, and they as the stars forever and ever. Such beautiful words there are in the Bible about the ages, about the worlds. It's a writ that is always astounding to me and always exciting. Scriptures like how that there are wars with powers and principalities that are going on. And these powers and principalities are just not inane in their consideration of certain mortals who are seeking to know the will of God. In Judges 5.20, the KJV version, it says, They fought from heaven. The stars in their courses fought against Sisera. Sisera was a bad king. But the stars, somehow, in their courses, fought against that king. And we know that he did get defeated. In fact, he got defeated by a woman. And not that that's not a possible thing for women to do. But in that day, in that age, there were far more men prophets than there were prophetess. And so it was a real major thing. How does that all was brought about? The stars from heaven. We wonder sometimes when people that are into the what they call UFOs or are manifest believers who understand that they are called Ziths, Z-Z-I-T-H or Z-Z-I-T-H. And uh, when people get into the understanding how that how can, how can these Ziths, how can they fight from heaven? Well, they can. They can, they can send energy down into your, your, your brain. They can phototranslate or phototransition so that there are uh, creations uh, that appear as in a dream world, but yet, you know, something you can really... A C because it has a virtual abstract kind of materialization, and uh, and they can do this all from very uh, from being very remote, and so those are all interesting, profound, and beautiful things, and I never cease to uh, get tired of of thinking about them. You know, <clears throat> I want to talk just a bit about this thing of of the United States of America and how that uh, there is uh, so much going on in which um, uh, there are people saying 
the United States is finished. It, it, it's, um, it's going down. And this is the best thing that could happen. That's a lie. That is not the best thing that could happen. And I challenge and defy any person who thinks that they know the Bible or the Word of God to show that that is the Bible and the Word of God, because I can tell you right now they cannot. They might think that they can, but give me 10 minutes with them, and uh, they'll be changing their tune. The thing of it is, is God has his hand on the United States of America, even with his problems, even with the corrupt things there are. And, uh, and uh, you know, I sent out some prophecies a few years ago, two or three years ago, uh, to some of our followers. And uh, I basically said in those prophecies by the Spirit that, uh, you know, that God was going to bless America and, and America was not going to crash like people are predicting they're going to crash. And, you know, there's people, I, I hear people say, oh, China's, China's now, they're, they're the nation. They're, they're, they're the nation. They're ahead. When people talk like that, those are people that absolutely don't know hardly anything. They, they are definitely draped in ignorance. They, they don't know anything hardly because they're, they're, they're speaking totally in ignorance. Uh, you know, uh, the, um, the, the gross national product of China is only one-third of what the United States is. Only one-third. And there are things happening in the United States right now that are going to uh, garner incredible prosperity. Uh, they, they are just beginning to uh, uh, drill and, and uh, they are putting out oil uh, by the thousands of barrels a day. Uh, they're expecting like in a matter of just a few years, the United States is going to overtake um, Asia, you know, it's going to overtake the Arab countries. Uh, it's probably going to be the number one oil-producing country in the world. And that is not to mention the vast supplies of gas that, that the, United, the United States has. And now, just recently, they have found a huge deposit of rare minerals. And this deposit is so huge that... Uh, it's it's in the multi-billions of dollars worth. And this particular kind of, of um, rare mineral they found is what you have to have if you're going to make uh, rockets and jets and, and uh, you know, all, all kinds of uh, very uh, technical equipment. You have to have it. And uh, they have found this in the United States. There's um, an incredible advantage that the United States has with um, you know uh, all the all the various kinds of um, uh, nanotechnology that is being developed uh, for the army and uh, for certain commercial aspects uh, is is just absolutely incredible. Uh, last week I mentioned about um, you know 2012 years uh, forecast how that there was underground uh, advance on technology weapons using nanotechnology that was almost beyond the imagination. And uh, that uh, American uh, uh, revitalization uh, with um, you know, infrastructure and structures was planned 
which also includes the Canadian pipeline line. Uh, there, uh, the oil, gases, and minerals that I, I just mentioned. Uh, it's going to make we're going to make the United States top producer, and then their neighbor, which they are aligned with, Canada. Uh, they they have just found one of the most um, incredible um, sources of gold in the Yukon, probably the largest deposit of gold uh, known in the world. And uh, it's, you know, God is blessing. Uh, almost every day, I pray for God to bless the United States of America, to bless Canada, to bless Israel. Not that there aren't other nations that would deserve a blessing too, but I'm basically concerned with these three, and I, I pray for them almost every day, and I believe that uh, that is that is happening. Uh, the the military gain uh, in uh, computer and uh, uh, you know and and air force capabilities is far beyond anything that anyone's ever thought of. Um, the uh, the the combination of of uh, all the things that uh, is getting ready to happen is going to astound a lot of people. They're just not mentally ready for it because they've been believing a lie uh, from things that a lot of people have said, and that that is unfortunate and that is too bad. Uh, you know. Uh, we we just we just need to understand that God has a plan for the United States of America, and it's in the Bible. The plan is in the Bible, and uh, they are are called as to, uh, to be a protectorate of uh, Israel. And uh, uh, when I've had some people say, "Well, the Bible says when the Armageddon takes place and and Israel is attacked, that all the nations are going to come against it." Uh, you need to be careful with that word "all." You need to do an examination on it, a study on it, because uh, when it says all, it most often is referring to all of a kind. All the nations that are against it will be there being represented uh, there against Israel, but not all the nations in the world, because there's scriptural proof that uh, there will be nations that will be standing by Israel, and, uh, and the eagle of the United States is definitely one of them. Uh, so we just need to get the facts straight and uh, not jump the gun, uh, not not get yourself all mentally wrapped up. Uh, you know, the Bible says, and I shared this with you last week, uh, that um, in Proverbs 16.22, that the Lord weighs the spirits. Now, the spirit is an invisible thing. And so it would be very clear to understand that not everybody would be able to weigh a spirit. And not, not everybody would be able to even understand what the meaning was uh, that was defined because they don't have the language of understanding about the spirit as versus the physical realm. And uh, But God is, is weighing the spirits, you know, is this invisible spirit because he says the days will come that they that worship me must worship me in spirit and in truth. And while we're on that subject about uh, the spirit, there, there's an interesting thing I want to share with you just in the way of educating you in the Word of God. Uh, <clears throat> we teach that, um, that the 
first domain, which is that the Bible calls it the heaven of heavens, <clears throat> we teach that it is a, a spirit realm. It is not a physical realm. It is not a flesh realm. In fact, the Bible says in Corinthians, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. Cannot inherit it. It's, it, it's not a place for physical bodies. And um, uh, that might help to under, understand why uh, in the heaven of heavens they, they neither marry nor are given in marriages because there are no physical bodies there. Now, it's interesting based on that statement that um, Jesus said, except you eat my flesh and drink my blood, uh, you will in no wise enter into the kingdom of heaven. Uh, but we have to understand the meaning of these things. He's not talking about this having a continuum after entering into the kingdom of heaven, the first domain, but he's talking about uh, a process of something that needs to happen uh, so that we don't just want to look and say, well, then flesh and blood is just worthless. It has no value at all. God is saying, no, that's not true. You, you are here in this physical world, in this universe, because it is like a great ma matrix. It is like a place where people can overcome. Uh, it is like where birth of new creations can, can begin. Uh, it has a place. And then there's the, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the message of Jesus Christ, and, and the life of Jesus Christ, the character of Jesus Christ, the virtue of Jesus Christ, the lattice of Jesus Christ. And that needs to be assimilated. So when Jesus says, except you eat my flesh, drink my blood, he's not talking cannibalism. He's talking about uh, taking on the nature of Jesus Christ, uh, the, the love, the compassion, uh, the human caring, uh, all of the things that, that go along uh, with, with the beauty of the spirit of Christ and the beauty of the person of Christ, uh, that we are to, to transassimilate that. Uh, he, he did a displacement trade-off for us. Uh, he says, I'll take on all your sins. I'll take on your burdens. I'll take on your troubles, your difficulties, your depressions. I'll take all of that. My yoke is easy. I'll bear that. But now I want you to take on something. I want you to take on my love. I want you to take on my, my hope. I want you to take on my faith. I want you to take on uh, the, the spirit of healing. And I want you to go out and lay hands on the sick so that they will recover. And I want you to be very much in touch with the Holy Spirit so that uh, at any time that the unction comes upon you, you can speak uh, in the tongues of the Holy Spirit, which has the capability of praying unto God uh, uh, and praying uh, things that your human mind uh, cannot focus on because it doesn't understand by the Spirit all the things that need to be prayed to God. Uh, it is a beautiful thing. So this displacement that we're asked, uh, you know, Jesus says, I will take on all your problems, but I want you to take on all the the good things that I'm offering for you, m the love and the beauty of the gospel and all of these kind of things and the holiness of the gospel. So those those are quite wonderful. Now, on to this thing about the spirit. If the uh, first domain uh, which is the heaven of heavens, is a spirit realm. There's no physical, uh, physiological or physical aspect there. And, and then if, as the manifest teaches, that, that God never leaves the first domain, never leaves it, but he sends out 
you know, representatives. Uh, then a person might say, well, isn't God the Holy Spirit? And doesn't he send out his Holy Spirit? So if he's a spirit and he doesn't leave the realm, what else can he be besides the spirit? And if his Holy Spirit uh, goes out from the first realm, isn't that, in fact, uh, what he is, is a spirit, and he, and, and he is actually going out by the Holy, Holy Ghost? Uh, this, these are the kind of things that need to be known because they can trip up a person. Uh, there, is, there is a thing that has a higher ranking than spirit, and it's called soul. Now, in the physical realm, there is a body soul. So the body is your physical tabernacle. It's flesh and it's blood. And animals have souls. They have physical bodies. But uh, in the, the, the first domain, you have a spirit soul. And, and so this soul is the intracentrum of, of all things. It is, it, is, it is the main gate. It is the, the pearl of the gate. Uh, it is something so sacred, so divine, and so uh, guaranteeing uh, of, of all of the things that the name God means. Uh, it, is, is, it is ultimately sacred. And uh, so God, uh, in his spirit soul, never leaves the first domain. And in fact, um, the, the angels, the Ophanims, that left the first domain, <clears throat> when they left out of the first domain, they did not take their souls. The souls stayed in the, the bosom of God. Uh, uh, their soul is still there in the, in the uh, heaven of heavens, the first domain with God. What they took was their spirit, and they, they took a signal of their soul. So there's a signal of their soul that 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 is in there for each person, and and uh, that is why the Bible calls it the kingdom of God within you, and and it it has a, a characteristic of of uh, you know um, that for every man that comes into the world, the light that lights every man that comes into the world. There's no exceptions uh, for all ophanims, and so that this is the very aspect of part of the signal, uh, which is called the light. It connects to you even from, from birth. And um, it's, it, it's just a beautiful, glorious thing. So uh, when we think of the Holy Spirit, we think of, of, uh, of it as also the Holy Ghost. And so the ghost is, is like, uh, not the same as the, the aura soul. The aura soul is the intracentrum. It is the core of the being. And the, and the Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost uh, is like the impressions of God. The impressions of God. The Bible says that Jesus on earth was the very image of the, of the invisible God. And, and so uh, there uh, in the manifest teachings in the creation of the of the uh, universe, it talks about the impression of God going out into space. Now, one of the foremost impressions of God is called the soundtron, S-O-U-N-D-T-R-O-N, uh, from the word tron that means a thing or measure. And, and, uh, and the, the word sound being part of the transliteration between Psalms 19 and uh, Romans 10, in which uh, lying in, in uh, 
uh, Psalms 19 is transliterated into the Greek to English in uh, Romans 10 uh, to, to the word sound. But the idea of the soundtron is the will of God. And Jesus always talked about the will of my Father, the will of my Father. Whatever is the will of my Father, that's what I want to do. And, when, and we can really understand that in this soundtron that is sent out and it permeates everything in the entire universe. There's no molecular structure. There's not any atom, even a, even a neutrino uh, are the smallest bit of existence of anything. Quantum is permeated with the soundtron. The Bible says in the 19th Psalm, there is no place you can go, you know, that, that, that this line does not exist. And the Bible says in Romans 10 that, that you have already heard uh, 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 the, these things from God. They're deep within you. They're planted within you. So... That's why sometimes we have to go deep unto deep to really get into the the word of God. And so that all ties into our message today of the of the passage, you know, this um this passage through the needle's eye. Um in the in the history um of Alexander the Great, he comes into this city where there's this famous knot that has been tied and and uh the man that can untie that knot uh is uh, said is going to be this great and and uh a very uh famous kind of noble person and there had been no one of all the armies and the generals and some of the great people that have gone in there they no doubt have attempted to unravel the knot but never could uh, uh alexander doesn't even think about it hardly. He just rides up to the to the knot, pulls out his sword, and slices through the knot, and 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 solves the riddle of the knot becoming untied. And so the acclaim goes to him, and someone says, "But that's not fair, is it? Uh, who said anything about fair? It just said about who, whichever man gets that untied. It didn't say how you could do it, how you could not do it. Now, as far as going through the needle's eye, there would be many, many ways. In my study today, I will show you the 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 more intricate way. But you know, uh, who says anything about the size of of, of the needle? You could build a needle. Uh, so strong, so tall, and and so big that the needle eye was big enough for any camel to go through. And so you could say, yeah, look, I brought a camel through the needle's eye. Well, that big thing there is a needle. It's just a big one, but the Bible doesn't say it can't be a big needle. There's there's ways around things if you just use your head. That's sort of like what, you know, uh, Alexander the Great did when he cut the the knot with the uh, w with the uh, sword. Uh, people need to get out of the motivation of everything being negative and impossible, and and uh, in, in living in the ranges of doubt and fret. Uh, I think God's message today is that you know that the, the heavens are speaking to the earth, and the earth is seeking to speak to the heavens and and uh you know when um, uh god was dealing on, on the mountain where the co the covenant was being made and the law was being given uh, and there was thunderings and fire and 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 loud exclamations of sound uh the bible says that the the people the general people uh, they were afraid they were terrified and they they moved afar from the mountain they got back from the mountain you know but there were those like 
Caleb and Joshua uh, and, and Moses that went right on up into the mountain, right where the fire was, right where the thunder was, right where the lightning was, right where the acclivity uh, of, of, of steepness was. They didn't let that stop them. They went up, and, and of course, on the, one of those same mountains, the law was being received, 20,000 uh, chariots of fire, Ziths, showed up with with over 20,000 angels and and uh and of course Christ uh, uh in his uh, special form and body of which it describes in the 16th chapter of mark that Christ appeared in different forms and and he appeared also directly face to face with with uh, Moses and uh uh, so, so there are things, there are beautiful things, uh, of the hows, the, the why, and, and the when of things. Uh, I was teaching, um, yesterday on another radio broadcast, and there was, uh, three particular things that I shared, and I thought I should really pull those, uh, things out and share them with you before I really get into the, the Seventh Thunders book because they are so outstanding and I had not shared them before, you know, but, but, um, uh, I was reading in, in, uh, you know, the book of Luke, uh, where it talks about, um, you know, as it was in the days of Noah, that was Luke seventeen twenty six. So shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Now it says that basically in Matthew, but it doesn't word it so succinctly as it does in the book of Luke 17:26. Uh, now in Matthew, there's a couple interesting things that I would like to bring out to you because uh, I've, I've covered this subject you know, before, but not with these special things that I want to just mention. But in the, in the 24th chapter of uh, Matthew, uh, the Bible says, and Jesus went out, this is the first verse, and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. They wanted to show him how great this temple was, and oh, what a masterpiece uh, of uh, construction, uh, what a sculpturing, uh, what, what, what a fabulous place. And, and, and Jesus wasn't too interested in that because he was a historian himself and he knew what the end was going to be. And so in the second verse, Jesus said unto them, uh, uh, see uh, you not all these things, all these things that you're pointing out to me that you're so proud about that you are making exclamations on. Verily, I say to you, there shall not be left here one stone not one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. So in this 24th chapter, uh, the topic of the 24th chapter is about the temple and about the war that happens that causes all of the stones to be thrown down. And so it's talking about the invasion of the Roman Empire in 70 AD. And Daniel talks about when the abomination that maketh desolate, you know, would take away the, the sacrifice uh, from the people of Israel and, and, and the, the, the temple being desecrated. And of course it, it was desecrated and it was destroyed. And, um, 
So when we begin to see that this story was being fulfilled, 70 A.D., and, and what an interesting number that that is, and ties into so many different revelations, which is not our subject today. But, but anyway, uh, uh, there is a scripture um, that is very uh, interesting in uh, verse 29 of chapter 24, and it says, immediately after the tribulation of those days. So uh, people seem to think that the minute it says tribulation, that that is referring to the, the great tribulation. But it's very specific what it says. And, and, and uh, this uh, specif uh, specified way of saying it uh, is immediately after the tribulation of those days. This was a specific, uh, uh, alluded to uh, tribulation of those days. What were those days? Those days was about the invasion of Israel by the Roman Empire. And 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 it, it it was about uh, 70 A.D. when uh, the uh, empire uh, of Israel was going to be destroyed, and the temple was going to be destroyed, and the sacred place uh, uh, of of worship was going to be destroyed, and many of the sacred items would be carried away, uh, and and uh, uh, all those things that Jesus said would happen, and they did happen, uh, and so that was the tribulation of those days in the 28th verse just before that you know uh, uh, it says for wheresoever the carcass is there will the eagles be gathered together and and uh, there is a a reference to this uh, also in the uh, in the book of job uh, because it it talks about uh, you know the 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 little eaglets uh, eating uh, the flesh and 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 and, and sipping up the blood of of uh, these uh, fallen uh, uh, entities, uh, whatever they would be, that would be fed to them by the by the mother eagle. Well, in this case, the the mother eagle was Rome and was the Roman army, and and uh, uh, these this the carcasses were right there in Jerusalem, you know that's where the carcasses were, and that's where the eagles the Roman army was gathered together uh, to the carcass. And that was their intent, to destroy Israel, to destroy the temple. And that's exactly what they were doing. And so it was a terrible tribulation that they were into. But it says after the tribulation of those days, there's going to be something happen. And, it's, and it says that the sun will be darkened and the moon shall not give her light. Now, uh, physical-wise, for that to happen... Uh, it would it would absolutely be a destruction of the of the of the end of the world, because um, the uh, uh, for instance, if a gigantic volcano went out, off or a huge asteroid hit the Earth, the debris would go up uh, in the sky and block out uh, you know the sun, and uh, usually if it's any kind of a uh, of a good sized asteroid or big volcano, uh, it it can block out sun's light for 10 to 15 years. And by that time, most of the world would be starved to death because they wouldn't be able to farm because they can't farm without the sunlight. And uh, so uh, when you really read the text and what it is saying, uh, you begin to conclude that that is really, that is not really what it's about at all. Uh, you know, that is, that is, that is not what it is saying. And when it says, and the stars 
shall fall from the heavens and the powers of the heavens be shaken. Uh, stars start falling from the heavens. Believe me, that is the total end of the world. And we know that at 70 AD, the world did not end. And so what was it talking about, the, the sun and that? Well, because as it was in the days of of um, of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Uh, you know, there there was there was something that happened back then that Jesus said is going to happen again, and He said there's going to be a rapture. And I know some people don't like to use that word, but but it's a it's it's a, a legal word. And He said there'd be two in the field, one would be taken, two in a bed, one taken, the other left. Uh, two, you know. Uh, a grinding at the mill, one taken, one left. Uh, he also says that, uh, you know, that his angels are going to come and he's going to gather his elect from the four corners of the earth because uh, whenever his angels do come with their with their transport machines, uh, they, they pick up uh, not just the people of one city, but they, they make it a complete pickup uh, for those that are destined and considered ready to to be a part of that of that trip. Not everybody that is a good person necessarily gets on that ship because some of them have destinies to fulfill. Some of them will become dignitaries and so forth like that. But what does it mean about the sun? What does it mean about the moon? Well, when these people are picked up and they're taken to the Father's house, which is described in uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 14, 1 through 4, and they are taken to the Father's house, and they are moved over to another star system, total another star system, like in Asia Minor, and where uh, in, the, in the star system, uh, the very uh, handle, uh, the tip of the handle is the star Pol Polaris. And Polaris is... Um, you know, the, the North Pole, Pole, uh, Pole Star. In fact, uh, even now in this time, it is only one degree off from, from the center orbit of the Earth as being the Pole Star. So that is considered a right-on situation, especially when you're talking astronomically. And so, so it's quite incredible. And then when you consider that Polaris is like, you know, uh, over 400 uh, light years away, uh, it's quite a thing. So when you're over into the uh, Asia Minor area, when you're over there uh, on the this planet called Artura, which is is the same planet that is called um, you know the Father's house, then you have the situation. You have that you have the situation that if you were to look back at the sun that is our Earth sun. It would just seem like a, it would look like a very small star, a star, because uh, you know Pol uh, Polaris is ten times six to ten times brighter than our sun, and and I'm not saying that's the star you're going to be next to, but it's over in that realm, and uh, wh where where the father's house planet is, and uh, so when you'd look back, uh, it would have it would have been darkened uh it it wouldn't begin to have hardly any light compared to what you you see it as the sun and the moon you wouldn't even be able to like hardly find it unless you do some of this special kind of research that they talk about uh where they see a little dark uh, uh, uh shadow go across the sun uh when th those 
the you know the orbits are are moving in those kind of directions and then they say well that must be a planet uh <clears throat> so that's the fulfillment of that that just verifies it you know because you're going to be removed and you're not going to be able to see uh the the, the sun's light's going to be be totally dimmed almost uh so have to really search for it to even find it uh from that area of the sky and and those are very important things. Now, there's another thing that I brought up that was very interesting in the teaching yesterday. And I mentioned that um, in the first chapter of the book of Genesis, it mentions that God created the heavens and the earth. And then it goes on to define the word earth and heaven. It just it defines the word earth as the land that comes up and, and divides the seas. And it, can, it can defines the word um, uh, heaven as a firmament, uh, dividing the expanse uh, between the sea waters and the waters that are, uh, you know, as uh, gases and moisture uh, in the environment. <clears throat> so, when we look at that in its most correct uh, way of de definition, uh, the heaven that it's talking about is a firmament, which is part of the of the uh, system of the earth. It's part of the atmospheres, and and that's what it clearly, emphatically, definitely uh, portrays and says. So then, when it says heaven, heaven and earth mean the same place because they're both about the the system of the earth. The system of the land dividing the waters, which is called earth. The system of the space that is part of the earth, uh, dividing the waters and the seas from the moisture that is in the air. And, and so, when you, so when you talk about the planet Artura, or the Father's house planet, some people call it heaven. That's not incorrect. Because uh, uh, even the star Arcturus in the Arabic language uh, there's, was uh, way back in time called heaven. But even setting that idea aside, uh, not eradicating it, but setting it aside, you have this revelation uh, that is very, very potent and important. And that is that uh, just as the heaven, which is the firmament, and the earth are a system and they are the, the one system, the same thing. So it is with the Father's house planet Artura. Uh, it, it has an atmosphere. It, you know, there's air to breathe. Uh, and it has uh, waters divided by, by a land mass. And so when you say heaven, you're just talking about the system of, of, of that planet, of that, uh, of that, that earth planet. Then a few weeks ago, I shared with you how that um, the Bible says in the book of Revelation that, uh, you know, he tells John, he says, come up here to this higher place and I'm going to show you something. And he shows him Jerusalem, the holy Jerusalem coming down from heaven. And, and so we, I said, now this, what this is, is what is called a planet dome. It's a huge, huge, uh, uh, ship. And, and, and it's, it's miles and miles and miles uh, long and wide. And it is going to come down, uh, during the, uh, almost, uh, you know, uh, at the, uh, at the point where the millennium is, is, you know, coming to a close. It's going to be part of the job of those people there to clear away, uh, to clear a way for this planetum to come and 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 land there in uh, uh, you know in Jerusalem, and it's going to be a ship, 
and and uh, and it's going to not have a temple because the Bible says there's no temple therein. But it's it's going to restore, uh, you know, uh, these other things that uh, are referred to the sacred thing of the sacred city, uh, Jerusalem. So even in Ephesians, uh, even in Hebrews 12, it talks about this city in heaven, and and uh, so this this planetome uh, is. Where where does it come from? It comes from heaven. Where 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 did it come from? It came from the Father's house, the 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 heaven uh, planet uh, of that earth, the system of that earth, and it's, it was created there and made there, and it's a great gigantic uh, ship called a planetome, and it's going to come down uh, during the uh, millennium, and and then when that is all over, after the uh, the the war that takes place. The uh, all these um, um, enemy, the Gog and Magog, that, that and 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 all the uh, man, uh, uh, various um, uh, evil persons that that is uh, the cosmic crater has made, uh, you know, and uh, brought uh, these uh, uh, kind of locust people. Um, and and it says they're going to bring him against Jerusalem, try to destroy him. Well, before they can ever get a chance to destroy that uh, that planetome, the Artersians, which the which uh, the Bible says in Luke that um, that the 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 master uh, plants a garden here on Earth, and uh, then he goes away to a very far place, and uh, then eventually he comes back, you know. But it is it is also a uh, utterly fantastic, beautiful story that just gives uh, gives proof to to the to the whole story of, of the um, uh, of this thing about you know the the Artersians and they are the other sheep uh, spoken of in John uh, ten sixteen and and the Lord goes to this far country for a long time but comes back and that's in Luke twenty nineteen uh, so you know we really need to talk about that uh, and reestablish that uh, for it to to really be understood and someone might say well who are these uh, you say that the children of Enoch are going to go to uh, uh, they were taken, they were raptured, because Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, what ha- happened back then is going to happen again, and then he describes what happens again as as some people being taken, some people being left, and then the meeting in the air spoken of in Thessalonians, and, and the meeting in the air spoken of in the 24th chapter of Matthew about how the, the angels will gather them from the four corners, and so that's going to happen again, and it happened before. And and so uh, I know I've said this before, but we've got to get it in your mind. We've got to get it in your mind so that you can really, you can really uh, understand this, and you know you you can you can have have it down very 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 clear. Uh, and and so uh, when you take this backwards, you know, and you look at um, at the t- who are the children of uh, of Enoch, because the Bible says in Jude. That uh, you know, Jude, that the Lord is coming with the tens of thousands of His saints. These are not angels; these are saints. There is a difference, and 
it is a, it's a, a really important story about uh, our turgeons that are coming and, uh, and how the, they're going to come. They're going to be involved in the uh, War of Armageddon. They're going to be involved in the defending of, the, of Jerusalem, uh, and they're going to destroy the forces of darkness. Uh, it's it's uh, utterly, utterly, utterly beautiful and incredible and, uh, and exciting. Uh, there's no other way to put it. It's just plain exciting. Um, we also know that if we we get to looking at uh, the scriptures in the book of Genesis, there's some very interesting things there. Because who are the children of 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 uh, you know of Enoch? Well, Enoch, the Bible says, um, had a son by the name of Methuselah, and um, uh, it's very interesting that. Enoch did not get spiritual. Enoch did not uh, get into that place with God where he would be taken until after Methuselah's uh, birth. And uh, Methuselah is a very important person, and he was the father of Lamech, who was the father of Noah. Now, um, the the father of um, the father of um, of uh, of Lamech, which was Methuselah. The Bible says that he lived for a certain period of time and he had children and offspring. And then Lamech, uh, he lived within five years of the flood and he had all kinds of, of children and, and so forth. Now these are direct descendants of Enoch and they are very, very close uh, relative-wise to Enoch. And so there's all these children. Now, uh, can you imagine people like uh, relatives of Lamech who was alive five years before the flood, that these people would just be left out. And, and Methuselah was still alive uh, right to the, 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 into the 600 years and when, the, when the flood came. And so uh, there was about a two-month differential there uh, when the flood actually happened in the second month of the 600th year. And, and so this is during that time when the, the rapture back then took place. They, they, there's raptures. They're not just a one-time ever event never ever happens again you know uh, uh elijah was raptured uh he was taken up they saw the chariots of god um enoch was raptured he was taken up and was not because the bible says in the, in, in the he in the book of hebrews he he was uh, translated and and uh so when translated didn't mean that uh you know he died and then he became uh, someone in the spirit world he was taken in a translated body to another place and and um, uh, that place of course was the father's house so anyway those those are some of the most interesting things about that and uh, I can't spend any more time on it because I've got to get back but uh, when you do the math on this thing with Noah and Lamech and Methuselah it it uh, is very important to understand that uh, when they said that Methuselah died you have to stand understand the meaning of that uh, in in uh, Genesis six uh, seventeen, it says, "Everything in the earth shall die, uh, the, that which has the breath of life and every living substance." Well, we know that that did not happen. We know that that uh, there were fish. We know that that there were uh, plants and trees. Uh, you know that survived. Uh, they came. Uh, they came up out of the water, out of the flood. They survived, uh, and they were living things. They were living substance. But what it meant in the Bible was that 
the old world, and this, and Peter understood this. He said he saw the old world standing out of the water, and that there was a new world that was born. And so the old world died, and and so everything that was represented about that old world uh, died. And and the part that uh, Methuselah had in the old world that died. That that was the end of that. Uh, but Methuselah lived, and he went on to Artura, and on to the Father's house, uh, in into the new world. Uh, but but you know he he was not any longer a part of the old world that that ended. So those are are very very interesting insights and and uh, things to think about, things to look at, uh, and to consider because uh, you know they're just they're just very very be- beautiful. Um, we're going to um, to get into uh, uh, the book now. So if you turn with me, let me find the page here for you. Turn to page 56. 56 in the Manifest Chronicles. And on that page, um, I'm going to read, is the, um, the first section, and there's, it's down one, two, three, the fourth par- uh, paragraph down, and it says, Unto you who yearn and seek to know the long truth, now there's a lot of people that they don't really they're not really too interested in the long truth. They're more interested in what's going to affect their life. You know, from day to day what's about them. Uh they're not really interested in the totality of the people of the earth, uh what had happened to them in the past. Oh, once in a while like they, they don't mind going to a show and seeing the Vikings or some group like that uh killing and slaying a bunch of people and and uh all the horror and the terror that goes on uh, is entertainment. But most people are really not into wanting to know the really long truth about the revelations, uh, mystery revelation, uh, that which was, that which is, that which is to come. And that is what the Bible says that, like the seers, uh, the, in the book of Samuel, it says in the olden days, the prophets were called seers. A seer is a person that, that, um, that not only can predict the future, like prophets predict, predict the future, uh, but a seer can predict what happened in the past as well as what will happen in the future. And that's why they are called a seer. And they're involved in that which was, that which is, and that which is to come. Well, here we says, uh, for you who yearn and seek to know the long truth. The long truth is is incorporated in that which was, that which is, and that which is to come. Also incorporated in the 30, 60, 100-fold revelation that is spoken of uh, in several places in the New Testament. Okay? It says, Truth unbent by the gravity of ignorance, suspicions and miscued assumptions, truth that cannot be discovered by the short-gauge mentalities of human time scales. Come, Brace your spirit. Open your mind. And that's what we're asking you to do today as we take this journey, this voyage, uh, you know, uh, to find the passage through the needle's eye. And it's going to, it is a grand event. And it will lift you up. And it will make you your feet feel like dancing. So let's go on then and read right beneath that. Before the earth world began, before Genesis, there's literally a place 
in the Old Testament that actually mentioned that mentions that before Genesis, and and this has been, uh, you know, captured in this book uh, of the seven thunders before Genesis. Uh, before Genesis is a big thing because that's before the making uh, of of uh, you know the earth, and and that's before the geneolo genealogies uh, were recorded and all those various kinds of creations were recorded. Before Genesis, before this universe, in fact, before all universes, before the Alpha Ages, there was God, the I Am, and God I Am's energy is pure life energy. I am, I am's pure life energy has always been, for I am's cycles are never-ending successions upon successions, magnitudes upon magnitudes, and perpetuations upon perpetuations. Now those words might seem like something just simple that was tossed in there, but I tell you I really sought God to give me the words because uh, there's so many words that would, would not you know, uh, would not fit, you know, to say the cycles are never ending and you say, you know, the years or the ages, uh, but you can't really refer uh, certain aspects that refer to God when he's in the timeless zones. You can't refer and use those words ages and years and months and generations. You can't use them uh, because uh, they they denote time. And uh, so God allowed me to, to you know, uh, have these words uh, and showed them to me, successions upon successions, magnitudes upon magnitudes, and perpetuations upon perpetuations. And they do not mention time. They just mention, you know, uh, uh, the things that follow another. And uh, so it goes on and on live the spiritual uh, infinite um, of continuums, continua, unapproached by the physical infinity and its durations. And there's another word that you can use that does not say, you know, ages, months, years, durations. These were all words, simple, but yet God showed because this was a new language I was learning, you know. And when I, when I wrote these things many, many years ago, although this was um, copyrighted in, uh, you know, in 2006, this revelation was revealed to me many, 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 many years before that. <clears throat> okay. Unapproached by the, phys the, the, the physical infinity and its durations of cosmic eternities and its duration of cosmic forevers, whose far-reaching spans through tangent, though tangent uh, to the vanishing point, still dwell in the relativity of time. God I Am's pure life present is a vital connector of infinite mind. I Am's first present, I Am's pure life energy and infinite mind are inseparable. Okay, then we're going to, um, we're going to skip over uh, to page um, 58. It was during a great consonance of I am's mind, mind consciousness that thought, that a thought was twelve. Now, this word consonance, you should take the time to look that up. It is a beautiful, beautiful word. And uh, it has a very, very deep meaning. It, it can mean, you know, um, a, a sound, 
a sound of something very sacred. Uh, we know that uh, even in the reference in the day of Pentecost to the Holy Spirit, you know, there came, you know, a mighty a rushing sound, a sound of, um, you know, mighty rushing wind. And uh, uh, that this consonant is a special kind of harmony, special kind of, of insight uh, that is absolutely glowing. And then it says um, that during this mind uh, consciousness uh, of consonants, that a thought was twelved. Now down at the bottom of the of the book, you can see on page fifty-eight where it defines the word twelved uh, as in twelling, a weaving of song energies to create the special rise of diagonal vibrations, uh, counter melody overlay, the holy method used to create the first beings of life outside I am's first consciousness. Now, this thing of twelling is really awesome, and it's used different times in the writings of the Holy Manifest. It's, it's a state of the, of the mind of harmony, like almost some of the scientists came up with the idea of the, uh, the uh, harmony uh, or the music of the spheres. Uh, it is something that is all incorporating of a person's will and test of strength and, and uh, intent of heart and love of heart. And uh, it, it, it causes a person to, you know, just be caught up into that. And as you're caught up into that uh, and you begin to use that harmony as a vibration, uh, vibrations can, can change uh, uh, atoms into different kind of linkings. Um, that vibrations can also mean the same word as resonance. And so there's an incredibly, incredibly powerful effect and effect that happens with vibrations. And this twelling, of course, is, uh, encapsulates that. It, it, uh, it understands that inharmonic uh, abode of the mind. And it is uh, so beautiful for the weaving of songs, uh, you know, to rise diagonally. Uh, you know, it's, it, it's like a counter melody. It's like hearing the sound, you know, from, from other places. I remember one time that we were having a service and uh, there was a, been a couple, two or three incidents when people were recording it on their own, uh, own little recording machine. And I'd have some of these people come back to me and said, there's something really strange about this, about this recording that I did. I wonder if you would remind, if you'd mind to listen to it. I said, no, I wouldn't. So play it for me. And for sure that when they got to certain places in that tape, you could hear in the background, like a choir of angels singing. It, it was recorded. It wasn't any part of anything that we as the church group were doing. It was a totally different sound. It was harmonic. It, it, it was glowingly beautiful of tonation. And and uh, it was like a, a consonance that was happening. It was a twilling that was happening. So it's, it's really, really beautiful. And this Soundtron messaging that it speaks of um, in the second... Um, well, I say I don't think I finished reading all the first one. So let's look at this. Um, the, the thought was twelve to live uh, M's presence as centric 
eccentrically among that life. Yet uh, let living beings arise who can gain vital essence by becoming consciously aware of the I am, although living in the ghost ship of physical infinity. Ghost ship of physical infinity. That ghost ship is like, you know, our body, which is just an infinity. It, 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 it is uh, uh, really finite as far as duration. So uh, there's something that is quite contagious of thought when one begins to see the linking and the, the inharmonic aspect and the connectedness that there is in the Word of God. It's quite an exciting uh, moment of, of thought. As we get into this weaving, we get into, uh, as, as you weave the thread, which can be represented as a melody, in and out, and you, you cover the diagonal aspects of it, you create a latticing. And this latticing is a big, big subject tied into uh, our human lattice, our spiritual lattice, and the general lattice of the world, and the lattice of the gospel, and on and on and on. Okay, and then it says, um, one spark was called God, okay? We have to back up just before that to that second um, paragraph and at the end of it. And it talks about this diagonal overlaying of spiritual melodies and counter-melodies, which spirited amidst the soundtron energies two eccentric sparks. This is very, very important. Two sparks at this time in the mind of God, you know, were, were, were energized. And one spark was called Gog, and one spark was called Awe. And it was so that neither eccentric spark the God spark, nor the awe spark, I meant to say Gog, the Gog spark, nor the awe spark, had any life force, for unto them was not yet projected a photo transition for a personification for the breath of life, nor had nature yet consequently accelerated charges within their, their bodies to have spirits, then the holy angel of life, attracted to the angel's light and love in the plenipotentiary of the spirit, began to sing the breath of life in prolongation, or, or prolongated uh, projections of spirit essence and aurasol potential to beyond the fringes of the high zones of holy consciousness into the eccentric spark named Gog. But the spark of awe was left in scintillation. Only a destined event would stretch awe's essence into birth. Only event would give awe power to be individualized into the living. For awe, for awe's rhythm of profile uh, destined, awe to be deferred progenity. Uh, this is a very, very interesting thing about these two sparks. This is uh, happening way back even before the Alpha Ages. The Alpha Ages preceded the, the Universal Ages. And, and this was uh, uh, a time when God was moving out of his uh, intracentrum, uh, innermost uh, being, and beginning to move outside of that influence. And he created these two sparks 
One was uh, called Gog, G-O-G, and the other was called Ah, A-H, and uh, and it it was put into what's called centralization. Uh, it it was uh, had a plan. It it had a, a story, but uh, you know the, the thing about it was that it was deferred, uh, deferred uh, uh, progenity, or another way of you saying the word instead of progenity would be uh, deferred progeny, and uh, and uh, down here on page fifty nine, it gives a uh, a definition of deferred uh, progeny. And and uh, and deferred progenity, so uh, that's something that uh, that you could read because it's very interesting. Uh, now, um, awe then is deferred to another time, and it was it and so it was from the swirl of the Oris uh, soul spark. Now we begin to see that this swirl, this spark, was tied into the aura soul. So it was really, really divine energy, and uh, this this whole story is about God in the long truth, way, 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 way back in time, long, 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 long durations ago. So as we get into that, we we begin to see things that even affect us in this eighth universe. And it was so, from the swirl of the aura soul spark, a swirl of a centric spark was lit, and, in the, and, and a mind personality arose. By each thought that mind grew, so that in the course of process, Gog became a developing mental entity. This is like the first creation. In the course of time, using M's gift of greatness to Un's mind, Gog, after Un's self-style of reasoning, sparked many Gogs unto life. And sort of like bumper cars, that when something happens that a person uh, or an entity is created, the next thing that is called for, even in the nature of the being, is to create other entities likened unto yourself. Uh, so that there is a population, because all all uh, people that when they get into these uh, elevated minds, uh, you know, they recognize a, a vacuum, and they want to fill that vacuum, and so uh, uh, it just seems like that Gog was immediately capable of understanding that, and immediately capable of going about developing. Uh, you know, these these uh, other uh, personalities. So by each thought, we're on page 59 up toward the top, about five or six lines down, the mind grew so that in the course of process, process God, Gog became a developing mental entity. In the course of time, using M's gift of greatness to Un's mind, Gog, after Un's self-style of reasoning, sparked many a Gog into life. These Gogs were called Alphans. This is the beginning of the, the, uh, the Alphans and, uh, you know, the, the age, you know, of the Alphans uh, here. <coughs> Excuse me. To better understand the creation of Gog, one should better understand the mind world of God, the I Am. There's a mind world, and that is very important in understanding God. 
uh, if we want to understand God, uh, God, we have to know about this mind world of God. Therefore, to reiterate this extraordinary conveyance of insight, uh, paraphrasically, uh, physically, um, of some points succinctly of some points and even as deepened toward the the uh, summa a manifest disclosure of other points let it be said in the in the is of the i am when is yet the alpha inner and alpha uh, outer ages had not begun the spirit of the oracor uh, soul of god i am exist or existed without the rule of form in the what whatsoever of every direction or as it may be said in the in the uh, uh, quanta of being uh, that the holy qu- uh, quanta, uh, God, the living rock of ages, perpetuity, perpetuity, lives and loves and thinks in M's world of mind, in a happening during endless perpetuations. God the I am in, in a song consonance of M's thought productions sparked a quadraversal, um, a, a quadraversal, and it was so that the that the quadraversal presented a disposition uh, for there to be a toward direction uh, in uh, to uh, dimensional uh, dimensionalism. Uh, so, um, if you need to know more about this holy. Qua uh, qua uh, is a sort of form, formlessness in the first domain, heaven of heavens, compared to rock. And you can look that up in Deuteronomy 34.2. And then the qua qua versal, uh, uh, taking a toward uh, direction, uh, the definition above of qua qua <coughs> and qua versal. Uh, represents a manifest chronicles description as used transcendentally and are not being defined in the physical aspect of geological time. <coughs> Excuse me. Now, this is heavy stuff, but the, the, this qua qua, those are actually uh, geological terms. And they're used here uh, very splendidly. Uh, it is a term that, you know, not everybody that even knows about geological uh, things uh, understands. But, you know, a real top uh, geological person would recognize the word qua qua. And they are, uh, people read the qua quas to see which directions that uh, the faults are, are, are some of the uh, layers of the earth are, are laid. And uh, so they have definite meanings. This is this is being used in a very special way because, you know, uh, the Lord uh, is called the Rock of Ages. So rock and qua qua are uh, you know geological terms, and and so they they do fit together. And it's really a a brilliant move in the manifest uh, teaching to use this qua qua to recognize uh, a lot of. Uh, of super uh, interesting things. Um, when we get into the definitions of the book, 59, the bottom of the page, and we see qua qua, whatsoever pointing in every direction, or holy qua uh, qua, a state of formlessness in the first domain, heaven of heavens, compared to the rock, or the quadraversal, the qua uh, qua, taking a toward direction, 
of the definition be uh, above the qua qua and qua Versal represents a manifest Chris, uh, chronicles description as used transcendentally. Okay. All right. Now we're going to skip over <clears throat> to page 61. There's some really interesting things. Uh, I, I received this, of course, a very long time ago. And it's very interesting that um, as they're getting in, the scientists are getting into the string theory, they start talking about these. Uh, smaller dimensions and they say that they are so small that that they can't be seen they're just like you know you'd have to, uh, like when you look through a microscope to see germs you can't visi visibly see them with your eyes but with uh, technical age you can see them uh, and uh, they say that you know that's what some of these uh, other dimensions consist of they're they're very teeny and and uh, they do, they don't have you know much um, a dimension to them. Um, it's interesting in this teaching here in this book, which was done many, many years ago be, before I ever um, uh, took it to, to be copyrighted. Um, it says, um, let's skip down uh, to the second uh, paragraph. Many manifold spans of successions ago, there came to be worlds of awesome physical orders which worlds and orders existed prior to the founding of the first domain. There was a time that there was not a first domain. And that is very interesting to know about God and to know about uh, this whole revelation. In that great, great past, those world dimensions of living alpha and construction were called inner alpha orders because the presence of I am was represented in the physical world among spiritual accents. These uh, dimensions of the inner alpha orders were so extensively diversified from later to be universal scales that they would appear to address the infinitesimal and the inverse. In other words, uh, the dimensions in those days was very, very, very small. Very small, just teeny little creatures. Now, people, I, I remember there was, um, you know, um, uh, a fairly famous evangelist by the name of Oral Robertson, he would talk about this giant angel that just stood on the ground and reached up to the sky that he saw. And and uh, I, you know, uh, give him credit for whatever his experience was. I think he was, you know, an outstanding man. I met him personally years and years ago. But um, <clears throat> he founded a college in Oklahoma City, uh, a university, in fact. But um, the the thing that is that is uh, interesting um, is that um, in this revelation we have these constructions of the inner alpha order that are so small that they're just they're they're just totally diversified from the later scales uh, that for instance this universe and many of the other universes had. Of which is of a larger size. And this Oral Roberts, he talked about this giant, just super giant uh, angel. And, uh, and I thought at the time that I heard him say that, that, well, there would be a lot of people that would think that tall and big and huge means more powerful. But because of my revelation at the time of uh, the long truth, I began to realize that, that a lot of times... Uh, uh, things that are invisible are invisible because they are too small to see with the human eye. 
and that um, that uh, the beauty of something small is that it can fit into anything. And things that are not small, they have the, they are limited as to what they can become a part of. So there's a certain beauty revelation there for people that um, can really get into it. Uh, it's it, it's quite amazing. Okay, and so there you see that there's the revelation of these small, uh, you know, uh, accents, these these uh, very, very extensively diversified uh, and, and very small as would be to compare them in uh, our universal time on universal scales. And so, you know, the, the, the manifest has covered that. And, uh, and it certainly is interesting. <clears throat> now skip down to the paragraph that starts off. It's about the second paragraph, it looks like, within. In the courses of episodes during the worlds of the inner alpha uh, orders, energy from the sound line, was, sound line, um, from the sound line was uh, intertwined uh, into a um, creation through um, uh, creation thought called the cent, uh, centella of awe. And uh, in such a curious way, it drew the attention of one of the holy presentators. I just love these manifest terms that God has revealed, centella of awe. And you remember there was two uh, entity aspects that were introduced, Gog and awe, and on was put into deferred progeny or deferred progeny. Uh, meaning for a later time, and uh, and we'll see the importance of that. Uh, and then it 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 says that uh, that the sound line was intertwined into the creation thought called the uh, the uh, centella of awe. Uh, in such a curious way, it drew the attention of one of the holy presentators. It was the holy presentator who visited a troll of energy upon the essence of awe, and by that extent, the scintilla of awe. It became the stylus for energy dots. Thus began the first engendering of energy dots as a medium in which to record aeonic history and as a medium for mental consciousness operations of exchange for the first uh, presence of original presence expression of I am to be represented in absence of its first domain presence. So what we are seeing here uh, is this introduction to these holy uh, presentators. And uh, uh, we're going to read a little bit more about them in the next couple of pages. So I don't think I'll go too deep into that. But this is, this is like um, uh, God in his capabilities, that when he moves through his various unctions, uh, some things, if they become concentrated on, uh, they just immediately uh, turn into a personification. And, and that is what we have here with these holy presentators. They are an extended part of himself. And, uh, but but um, when they begin to operate, they begin to take on a personification as though they were a separate, different entity than God. But yet they are really a part of God operating in, in an extension of uh, space. And that I find uh, quite beautiful. And, and, and then we see that this scintillation of awe 
is involved uh, with the revelation of energy dots and uh, and how how that the energy dot goes all the way back to the scintillation of awe. At the same time, there was the creation of Gog, which is just prior before that. But but th these are incredibly rich connections, and you need to really take the time to read these things over and over, because uh, I don't know very many places. I I just don't really know of any other place, uh, you know, uh, other than very deep revelations out of the Bible, that you get into a book that really tells you about the first domain, about the about these other ages, and and how it worked and and what it was. Uh, the, these are really deep and f deep forward information that is rare to be able to have at your fingertips to to, to look and study. Okay, so it goes on to say in chat page 62, uh, this uh, first uh, 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 complete uh, um, sentence. However, none reached the range extent of the the uh, suspended creation thought called energy dot of awe so now we're really beginning to move into this energy dot thing and here it's described uh, as a range extent of a suspended creation thought and that's all just so beautiful and it was so that as the energy dot stations breathed in the sound line the will of i am was inscribed deeper and deeper uh, into the emerging potential of spiritual manifoldus. Manifoldus is God's signs and wonders and workings in nature uh, for all existing things. Therefore, it came to be that the image of I am, I am's oracore um, uh, thought uh, through spiritual accents became a part of every station. So it was any entity desiring to understand the sign line, uh, sign, or pardon me, sound lines sought such knowledge through the channels of the holy presentators as also revealed uh, through the energy areolas. Okay. Um, now, um, when we get down into this next uh, uh, scripture, it talks about, um, and next paragraph, uh, the angel fold of the I am first presence used Holy Ghost personality photo transitions of the invisible ultimate I am uh, and they are called the Holy Presentators because they align uh, the transmission wave lanes to uh, I am's first and higher presence and uh, and be it known the holy presentators the angels of god i am's presence being capable of inter uh, transit body forms uh that is very very uh, interesting as we begin to see as we get into the revelations of god that um, god's energy is so abounding so prolific so bursting with with life and aspect that um, uh, even just an event can cause a a wave of energy to come forth from this entity uh, that that uh, uh, can in itself take on a personification and become a holy presentator and uh, and just know what to do uh, uh, without it having ever been an entity before it just automatically knows what to do because the God essence is all through its being. 
And uh, a person need not think that God ever, ever get lonely, uh, that there was ever a time that he was alone, because God is such a full creation that he always had all this energy within himself in the spirit mind of his world that would just without hardly anything needing to bumper car him uh, would would just begin to come out in in the spirit and would begin to take on a presence and uh, if God needed to be loved if God needed to be worshipped uh, from out of his own being uh, would come forth the these presentators and uh, take on a personification and begin to worship him and and love him and and uh, that is a a, a far beyond uh, anything that could be understood uh, in the sense of entity uh, uh, creation uh, such as we have here on earth. It is definitely a first domain thing. It is definitely a very advanced spiritual uh, move, uh, but it just goes to show you that once you ever reach that point where you begin to uh, overcome to God's status, that as you get into that God's status, there is a, a total fulfillment within your own self to satisfy every need. That's why in the first domain, they neither marry nor are given marriage into marriage. And the other thing that they're capable of doing is one entity is capable of, of, of sharing uh, your thoughts uh, and just simply moving its spirit and emerging its spirit with your spirit. And in the act of doing that, all the thoughts and the experiences and 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 the information uh, is becomes uh, you know uh, transferred uh, into your mind for just a, a little bit of time in which you are uh, entertained with all that information, and 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 so it's a very busy time that goes on in the heaven of heavens. It's a very active time, and. Uh, you know, you never are going to be lonely there. You're never going to be sad there. And the Bible says, you know, it, there's no tears there. There's no crying there. There's no pain there. Those things are eradicated. They're, they're forever uh, moved away in this beautiful spirit realm, realm of, the, of the heaven of heavens. And there's an, another really, there's several uh, just uh, really neat parts here. But um, it tells how that... Um, that how that um, that there was these um, let's skip down to about oh the third uh, uh, at the bottom of the third uh, paragraph uh, the angel of God I am's presence being capable of intertransit body forms acted as information couriers by the spirit capital S interchanging information signals from dimension to dimension understand when I am um, talking about God was uh, represented by the presentators uh, in the constructions the presentators being a part of I am's uh, first presence used M's own wave forms called personification of the Holy Ghost uh, in photo transitions, this although uh, the I am uh, uh, th thus although the I am lives among the inner alpha successions and spiritual accents of M's higher eccentric uh, energies, M's oracle was nevertheless separated by de degrees of spirituality, for this was and is the law of M's godship. In that eon, it was uh, thought 
the inner, the stations of energy consciousness that I am sensed, uh, the progressive and and misconduct expressions occurring in the alpha constructions, and communicated M's response through light signals, all of the inner alpha creations understood the meaning of the simulating and flashing signals from the energy station. So it was the creatures drew by the signs of the energy aureola stations I am's approval and disapproval of the of their conduct. So God had a way of flashing with his oracle and and people came to understand when it flashed certain colors and and certain lengths of flashing uh, if he was pleased or displeased and uh, and it was a way of uh, a centric uh, uh, you know communication between the entities at that time okay now um, um, let's see I think um, what I would like to do is, uh, there's so much good in here, but we can come back to it maybe next time. I'd like to skip over to the second universe. And uh, and we'll come back to the first universe before we're through the book, of course. But the second uh, universe, let me find the beginning page for you. Um, here we go. Um, one second. Page um, 151. The second universe, the Luma, was a universe of beauty. And remember, this is the this is the universe that Gabriel came from. This is the universe that Lucifer came from. This is the universe of the cherubim angels. Um, in this universe, the gods spoke. By wor spoke words by the rays. They would say of one another, Behold, here comes the one that speaks the blue light, or there is the one that speaks the purple light. From this universe transcended the bim-bims, the noble ones, who as dukes were supreme lord of high sensitivity and articulate culture. The bim-bims on a future mission became known as the cherubim. Quite beautiful. Okay, the, under the title, Luma Essence Speaks, in, in exposition of glimmer before the trace of shadow, when vaporous spectral spawned, then was born the beginning of the Luma universe. Surely it can be said, and not less, there was a winsome artistry embellished by the creation acts that spangled the making of Luma. I, Gabriel, call charm to witness, but not give birthright to those particular realizations, those breaths super-celestial of angels that bellowed radiant, dazzling, and of a resplendent making. Know now that it can be said, unconstrained glories, unhushable, sprang vivaciously to the overspread with a scented loveliness, the to-be that was to be, surely, uh, surely not can be told uh, the extent nor the uh, superficial uh, aspect of the treasure house so beautifully that was the Luma universe. 
is is quite a beautiful story. It's quite a beautiful. Now there's these introdu these various inter in, uh, individuals that are in, uh, introduced, and uh, I'm uh, still have time to get into s several interesting aspects here. And um, we're starting page 155. A grand discussion. I remember how glorious at first that day was. Uh, Shro, uh, uh, Chaperone, and Gabri uh, were in a grand discussion. Um, Show uh, is saying, I do not think that every object of knowledge needs to be analyzed, nor do I logic that we need to use our contemplation like some kind of homing device until not one mystery be allowed to remain unsolved. Chaperone, ridiculous and absolutely absurd. That's like saying, let's climb almost to the top of the steep, but not all the way to its summit uh, and allow it to remain unconquered. Or it's like saying we should limit our discoveries, be, uh, be, uh, be they medicine in, uh, invitations, inventions, or mine expansion. Gabriel, my friend, my friends, it seems you delight. Now, Gabriel becomes Gabriel eventually. My friends, my friends, it seems you delight in deliberate absorption of alternate, alternate viewpoints. There are many deeply embedded uh, presuppositions which can be resolved in the mythology of science. But if the solution calls for a flight from rationalism, then go there for the datum, yet allow all persons to forge the highest or lowest of each one's own leading and viewpoints according to the uh, hierology from which they budded. Okay, so uh, as we, we get into this, there's these uh, you know, transfers and exchanges. Uh, when it really becomes um, very interesting is on page 159. And uh, there's this message that comes in this is sort of in the middle of the page the blip for spoilers just at that moment a courier brought an urgent message an invasion of a highly advanced uh, of highly advanced aliens of our planetary systems is imminent all nobles report immediately to their pre-emergency designated stations reports were coming in three space outposts had ceased function one received transmissions and a fix of a strange uh, synchronized uh, energy had been reported just prior to the shutdown of the three space outpost. Now thousands of space, channel, uh, space uh, satellite relay sensors, one by one, were ceasing operation, or operations. The uh, estimated time uh, this point of interaction would reach our planet director was less than the magnitude of a thousand points of blue shifts. The nobles ascended an auditorium of divine locution. Uh, each noble was seated on a seat that was fixed to a moving track viewer. Each track viewer had access buttons to the speaker spectrum broadcast system. <clears throat> the hologramic picture screen as the nobles spoke, each voice track was re was recorded. Now, this is another universe. This is the second universe. And as we get into this, you'll see that these people were very advanced. This is a time in which they were they were very advanced. And uh, down at the bottom of page one hundred and sixty, 
um, it says we have been invaded. Need uh, need instructions. Some kind of phase transitions with variable fluctuations, which seem to have an order of presence, has blinked out all our communications systems except those systems that are neuron rooted. So here we see where this invasion seems to have knocked out a lot of their communication, uh, but <coughs> that obviously uh, the idea of um, of using an answer uh, in the the neutron uh, uh, atomic spectrum uh, did allow a person to get around some of the blockage that was occurring in the way of their communication. So uh, that's just extremely interesting. Uh, and it says all bio life is dead except for the the Taurus, the Q, and myself. So far, we've escaped by sealing ourselves in the cobalt laboratory. Meanwhile, we're searching biosamples we hurriedly took from dead bodies. Also, as to our nourishment needs, we can create them here in the lab inasmuch as uh, supplies are good and the lab neurotransmitter uh, is intact. Uh, you see they have been invaded. Uh, this is a, a energy dot information re record, and it is to give uh, God's people who are interested in the long truth knowledge of how how to expect how to look at things they would would uh, never have even thought of now the the scientists are beginning to come together and they're in this big room where there is all this equipment uh, that allows them to uh, to to speak to one another and uh, miniha uh, taking the podium uh, should we not consult as to which tests uh, the the RS should make on the bio sample a course of awe, so be it, resounded across the auditorium. Okay, Tajian, one of the scientists, immediately suggested the use of a relay scooper. Check for magnetism. There must be a logical reason the cobalt lab, lab is safe from this scourge. And uh, Aspirion, the, the, the tractor uh, viewer was programmed to, to preference an order of seniority. The input uh, of the most... Uh, senior dukes were received as first orders according to their order of rank. And it goes on. Okay, I, what I want to do is I want to get over into where the scientists are trying to figure out, uh, you know, what's going on. Let's look at page uh, 164 and what Jams has to say. Jams, a mathematician and a, theor a theorist, uh, made an input into the track viewer screen. This track viewer screen uh, was where all these um, scientists and mathematicians could get to it, and then their message would go up on a big, huge screen up on a uh, you know a mount mounting, and where all the uh, people could could see it. And uh, it says, based on the bio data sent by Oris. Uh, I have abstracted a series of slight bips in the uh, blips in the form of curves so slightly imprinted that they are less in measurement than a wave width of a frit particle. I accomplished this by gradually back-sizing cellular mass, first graphically to small units, then to units too small to be analyzed. Uh, even on the atomic spreader, Subsequently, using an abstract energy separation and and cancellation technique, I achieved vanishment. Consequently, 
by mathematical conjecture using the rhythmic state of a flux uh, constant, I was able to predict how to tag a wave graph for each bio subject. Now, people, you really, really need to get into all this. This is quite long, but they, this goes into all this technicality, all, all these different technicalities, and, and the different, uh, you know, uh, people uh, are putting into it. On page 166, uh, Tanzia. The noble Tanzia began walking toward the podium, apparently not electing to use the track viewer screen at her seat. As Tanzia began speaking, tangerine-colored rays in fonting her word vibrations began emanating off her lips. In the everywhere of an existence, and in, and in every particle of that existence, there are tones imbued from which that existence arose, which tones are messages that, that come in many forms, including light. So then, in our present world, there still remain visibly and invisibly uh, some tones of knowledge. Uh, sometimes such sounds are called noise by those who cannot bear to hear or discern their message. Nevertheless, these tones abide even uh, available, uh, are available to credit uh, creatures to strum into endless figures. Um, those things are so interesting. There's so much here that we we're skipping over because, you know, the, the time and you know, uh, it's, it's amazing. Now, um, on page 171, A.B., we skip down to the uh, the um, middle, not quite the middle of the page, but the second paragraph. What I want to know is how these invaders have mastered being able to suspend the laws of super repulsion and super attraction. There seems to be, in my way of thinking, some kind of ghost, ghostly imprecation that is stretching its own dimensions in space, and for sure, dimensions quite different than what we have ever defined as a dimension. Thus, by stretching uh, of the dimensions in space, our spacecraft uh, shrinks, allowing travel to be achieved at faster than uh, light speeds because vector magnitudes are merged. And then it goes on, uh, you know. Now, turn to page 172. I'm going to have to bring this to a close here for too long. Let's go all the way down. Uh, we're talking about to the... Oh, second or third um, <clears throat> paragraph starts with the word consequently. Consequently, such a vector would not have line segments of common sequential depiction, but rather being of a variating uh, parameters would alternate from a matrix to an inverse matrix of self-interactive function. Based on this kind of insight, the blip force, and this was the invader, the blip force lattice masses would be in constant states of lattice-non-lattice -lattice transformation as well as lattice-to-lattice -lattice transformation. Now this particular uh, explanation by this scientist uh, is one that I want to elevate uh, to the connection of a title of our message, Passages Through the needle's eye, because here we see, by crossing over from a vector, uh, they come into this uh, line segments, uh, which, ha which uh, taking focus of their various sequential depictions, uh, they uh, they change the parameters, uh, uh, or the parameters, uh, by using various uh, kinds of uh, vibrating uh, accents, uh, and uh, this uh, alternates. 
the matrix, a matrix of, of those um, uh, inverse matrix of self-interactive uh, functions. And uh, based on uh, a certain kind of insight, the blip force lattice masses would be in constant states of lattice, non-lattice transformation. Now, um, if when a person gets into the ability to be able to change the lattice of something, uh, it's almost like in your DNA, where your DNA, uh, you know, does exact specific things in your body, like uh, <clears throat> the DNA of your fingernail. It doesn't make an ear; it makes a fingernail. The DNA of your finger makes a finger. The DNA of your skin makes skin. But there are certain um, vibrational variations that can be sent to that DNA and that can cause that DNA uh, to, uh, to uh, differentiate and to do something different. Well, in the latticing, uh, in which uh, this uh, resonance can be uh, dispersed in, in a vibratory form, uh, it can change uh, a needle uh, or it can change a camel. It can either expand the needle so that a camel could walk through it or it could, it could shrink uh, the camel uh, by, by this lattice uh, change so that the, the, the lattice uh, would be made of the nature that the camel would become as a vapor and would just, would just go through the needle's eye uh, as, as a vapor until the whole part of it was on the other side of the needle, and then it was recomposed uh, and, and uh, recapitulated back into the form it had before its dematerialization. Now, I really know and understand this thing about dematerialization. I've had, uh, you know, several experiences with it, and we've had uh, groups of people that were there to witness it and see it. Uh, for instance, one time when uh, the uh, Holy Spirit was just moving incredibly, and there was uh, an aura of of God's uh, you know presence there, and um, I, I begin parts of my body just begin to disappear, and I went to a partial dematerialization, and my family saw it, and one of my daughters was very upset and screaming because she thought I was getting ready to be raptured out, and uh, and other people that were there saw it. Uh, so the thing with dematerialization, you know, is is an uh, conversion. Uh, from one state uh, of uh, transpose to another state of transpose. And when that happens, then that enables you to do like what it said about Jesus in the 16th chapter of Mark, that, that Jesus trans, uh, he, he, he um, uh, was tra uh, transcendent. Uh, he ch was able to change from uh, one form to another form. And in that ability to change from one form to another form, then, you know, it's, it's not some miracle. It's, it's just an understanding of, of the laws uh, in uh, another way that has not generally been understood by, the, by our world today and which allows you to transpose from one state to another state for a very temporary period of time uh, would then allow you to, to get through the, the the tunnels of human agony and and to uh uh to even as a camel a camel representing you know uh those persons that normally would not be able to go through the uh 
the needle's eye because the displacement that they had configured uh, was was not proportionate uh, to the law of of um, displacement, and and so in order to have a proper displacement made, they have to give up on the worldly things. They have to give up on the things they have filled themselves with. And as they give up on those things they have filled themselves with and begin to have a displacement, then they begin to have room. Then when that room becomes available, then the Holy Spirit can move in them. Uh, a new latticing can happen. If they have a needle's eye that has heretofore been, uh, you know, uh, uh, in, impregnable, uh, impossible to break the code, uh, that changes instantly. Because when the Spirit begins to move on a person uh, through the unctions, uh, uh, through all the, the methods of the moving of the Spirit, it suddenly changes everything. And those um, conditions are no longer uh, formidable. They are no longer a blockade. They are no longer able to, to, to differentiate anything in size because when you get into the spirit, you can be in any size. You can be in a colossus size. You can be in a size smaller than an atom, smaller than a, a subatomic particle. And uh, as such, you can move through. You can move through the needle's eye to the other side because you have a passage by this input and by the supersedent and by this revelation by which you have power over the material world. You have power over it. And, and, uh, and it's a beautiful, precious, holy thing. Jesus experienced dematerialization when once he was preaching and uh, he said some things that just so angered the crowd. The crowd wanted to kill him. And they were just standing there watching him. They were looking at him. And he was right there in front of them. And the Bible says that he just passed through the crowd. They were not able to find him. He dematerialized, no doubt. And they could not find him. He became invisible. And he walked through the crowd. With anybody else, that would have been the needle's eye. You would not have been able to... to to pass through. You'd been stopped. You'd, you'd been stoned. You'd been killed right then. But when he got into this Spirit of God, Holy Spirit moving through him, he had displacement because there was so much love in his heart, so much kindness, so much caring. He didn't want to have some awesome power come out of him and just destroy those people. Instead, he did not confront them. He just dematerialized and walked through the crowd. Yes, the needle's eye was opened and it became a passage to the other side. And he passed through the needle's eye. Blessed be the name of God. Blessed be the holy witness of God who sees all, who knows all, who is our God and our Lord and our Savior. Ladies and gentlemen, there is a, right now, on the manifester.com, there is a incredible blog. And it's blog number four on Tesla and the, and the, the fifth force. If you have not read that, please read that blog. It's a very long one. You may have to take a couple nights 
of reading to, to finish it. But not only read it, I need people that really appreciate the work it takes to do all of this. I need people to get on and make a comment, even if you don't understand everything it says. If you just get on and say, something about this touches me, something moves me, or thank God for these words, Lord help me to understand them, it will be appreciated. It will really be appreciated. Let me have a fast prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Reach out your hand of healing now to people listening out there to this message. Those who are bearing pain in their body. Those who are suffering from malnutrition or for, from missing some kind of nourishment in their body. Those who are fighting uh, various kinds of, of pain in their body. Reach out to them tonight. Supply their needs. Heal them. Deliver them. Cause the forces of darkness to flee from them. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God bless you. We love you.